Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the 90 or Nothing podcast show. I'm your host, Paxton Pulford, and this show is proudly brought to you by Camp Draft Training Online and Select Size. Now, we do apologise to our listeners out there that were looking for an episode last week, and unfortunately we didn't get one up, but not to worry, we're back this week. And last week, I happened to be up at the Toowoomba National Finals cutting show for 2019-2020. Whilst I was there, I managed to catch up with young gun trainers Abe Graham and Tyler Hodgman, who are two great fellas from Glen Innes, and uh, both making their way into the cutting game and certainly having a great impact on it. Now, I do apologise, the sound quality isn't the best, only because we were sitting in a hot caravan and we needed the fan going, otherwise we wouldn't have got it done. So I apologise for that. But before we jump into our great interview with those two fellas, I'd just like to give a big shout out to the NCHA and the Darling Downs Cutting Club for putting on a phenomenal show. I know everyone there thoroughly enjoyed their time. Just a huge credit to the club there. Thank you for having us all. Also, a huge shout out to all the competitors. Everyone showed really well and it was just great to see everyone having so much fun and enjoying their time at the NCHA National Finals. This episode has been proudly brought to you by Camp Draft Training Online. Are you looking for some great methods and some top tips from some of Australia's best camp draft and cutting horse trainers? Why not jump on www.teamcto.com.au and subscribe to ensure that you and your horse are in those finals. So guys, remember, when spurring and jerking just ain't working, visit www.teamcto.com.au. Well, guys, we're back this week at the Toowoomba Cutting Horse National Finals for 2019-2020. I'm joined with young gun trainers Abe Graham and Tyler Hodgman. Guys, it's good to catch up with you. Yeah, no, real good, Paxton. Glad to have you on the show. Yeah, been been listening to the podcast for a while and been looking forward to having a go at it, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a bloody, it's been a great week here at the, the National Finals, wouldn't you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, really good. Been lots of great runs and yeah, good start to the season. Really, this is our first show and all starts for here from here and everyone's kind of thinking for charity. It's only three or four months away. Some guys might be counting down the days and yeah, um, it's far enough out that everyone's still pretty chill. But it's kind of cool to see. And it's yeah, there's been some really nice maturity horses, you know, being displayed in the pre works and everything. You know, it's going to be a good year. Cool to see what everyone's got. And I guess yeah, it all starts from here, really. Hasn't everyone done well to get their horses prepared for a show that's so, you know, early in the year? Everyone's sort of been on holiday a little bit, I guess, and they get them to a fitness level and shown that well was you know credit to everyone, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Cool. So Paxton, uh, your first cutting show, I guess. Um, you showed in the Snapple bit cutting. Crossed over to the dark side from the, com- you know, you've kind of grown up with a, a camp drafting background. How's it been? Yeah, that's right. No, it's um, it's been great to be honest. I've I've loved the show. I I got to lope a bit for um, Link Bowman, um, and yeah, enjoyed the heck out of that. And it was just great seeing he had a bit of success and um, went well this week. So it was good to see that. And and yeah, I yeah had a bit of luck in the snaffle bit and and just really enjoyed meeting everyone and the cutting community is really great and we had a lot of fun and i'm really looking forward to the next couple of shows in the forthcoming year and and looking to get more involved as we go but yeah wasn't there some awesome horses this week like i think that you know we'll mention a few and 
I think um, one that stood out to me was ICU, the one of Linda McCallum's. She yeah. just yeah, been a good yeah. man for a long time. Yeah, no, she hasn't. You know, obviously, like yeah, Dad trained her eight months, like in eight months to go to the maturity, and you know, she was a very special horse to our our family because you know Sue Williams owned her at that time, and and yeah, we you know she's just really special horse to us. And um, yeah, and then and then you know Dominic Williams after that took took her over and he had a bit of success on her and and that you know and then you know Linda bought her Linda McCallum bought her last year she's done a really good job with her and and yeah got her going really good. And what about Link Bowman, one stylish Luetta winning the fifteen thousand dollar novice? Yeah. I thought that was just incredible run. That was a really good run. Yeah, that's really been a run. that's been a mare that's kind of looked pretty good for a long time and so. Um, Link's been chipping away at her and she's kind of shown up and really, really cool horse. Good to see him get it done. Yeah, he smashed it, didn't he? Yeah, very good. Very cool. Definitely happy camp that night. Yeah. <laughs> and then another ho- another horse that we, we saw a bit of in the Futurity last year, Hewitt's Metallic Millions. Great story behind her. Yeah, yeah. nice horse. Um, I think uh, the Hewitt family owner, obviously. I think that's their first Futurity horse. They bred her. She's um, side... It? Side yep. by Metallic Cat. Yeah. Um, Todd trained her. They rocked up at the Futurity last year. Second in the Futurity. And, um, yeah, I think she made a few finals and that from there last year. And um, Jamie's second's got her now. And first show back this year. Goes ahead and wins the BI Open Derby. Yeah, just smashed it. It was awesome. And then another horse that we definitely can't do this without mentioning is um, Tramp's Destiny. Yeah, no, he's been a great horse. What a legend that horse has been for the Tonkin family. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe he's a, a Nutrien classic. He was landmark in those days, but a, a landmark graduate. Yeah. Um, Amelia obviously showed him with a bunch of success, and and um, Billy's showing him now. He's been very good for Billy, and yeah. who knows what the future holds for Tramp, whether it be retirement or Charlie gets a lap at him, I'm not sure, but... He's certainly been good to that family. He's a great horse. Good to see him inducted into the Hall of Fame. Speaking of the Tonkins and, and Servants, haven't, haven't they just had a great week this week? They yeah. have. I believe um, Billy might have won the non-pro derby on a, a horsey train last year. Yeah. That was cool. Um, Molly, uh, Molly won a... She won the 5,000 of us on... Um, Lady Too Soon. Lady Too Soon, yeah. And nice she, horse. Nice yeah, horse. real good horse. She was too soon. And yeah, she was good all last year. and Amelia prepares them well and... Yeah. She was good again. What about Phil Conigan, who often flies under the radar, as a fantastic mare, Suicide Blonde? Talk to us a little bit. What do you think? What's your thoughts on her? Yeah, I believe I believe like she made the Futurity final, and Phil seems to haul down from, from the feedlot up there. He's worked a bunch of cows, and they're always trained, and, and um, he just shows up and wins and goes home. Pretty unassuming guy. Yeah. Nah, she's always been a really good horse. She, he got he followed her in the Futurity in her Futurity horse year and she's always been one to beat, you know, in the non pro game and, and very competitive in the open game as well. Yeah, I believe there's Metallic Cat out of it too now. There is. Yeah, uh, that'd be exciting. Yeah. It is. Very exciting. I mean not to bang on about Metallic Cat, but that's gonna be pretty cool. It must, yeah. yeah, I believe it's a Futurity horse next year, so Awesome. We'll hurry up and wait to see what that one's like. Yeah, no, I'm keen to see. I'm keen to see. Well, moving right along, Tyler, you've grown up in a fairly um, cutting horse inclined family. Yep. Tell us a little bit about how it was, how what it was like to grow up in the Hodgman family, and you know the things that have gone into that.
Yeah, no, I've been very privileged to be, you know, to be in the cutting horse industry since I was a very, very young, you know, person and everything, you know, like, I've, I've had the best opportunities and everything, you know, obviously our family breeds a lot of horses and, you know, there's always something to ride at home, you know, so, you know, and I think it's a big, big part of it, you know, is riding a lot of horses and, you know, getting that, you know, it just gets your timing right and everything that's very important Definitely. to yeah. be, you know, to be successful and everything, you know, and then, yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been a real privilege, you know, and I've also obviously had my dad, you know, Rob Hodgman, he's been, you know, my main mentor through my training yeah and then and then my brother obviously he's had a lot of he's my brother James he's had a lot of um, you know input into what I do you know it's just really I reckon it's really important if you've got those sort of people there to you know to always you know fall back on you know like if you if you, you think you know oh, what did you think of that you know and they say oh you done good here but there's areas over here that you need to work on I think that's how you you know progress progress yeah Definitely. yeah that's exactly right you know like yeah it's always been a, yeah so you are now extremely involved in the cutting horse industry but have you always had that drive and passion for it no when i was you know when i was a young young fellow i um i uh, i wanted to be a football player and all that you know and and then yeah that was a bit hard to get into so i uh, i went into the well you're only a featherweight mate i couldn't you <laughs> most football players are good looking too <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess like, well, my my only um my only option was the cutting horses no i uh, i there like you know when i was before i got into the industry i wanted to get apprenticeship and all that but yeah anyway i i just fell in love with the sport when i was you know, when I was about 14 and 15, you know, I started loping horses for my dad, and, you know, he'd have some really good runs, and, you know, it's just a really, it's a really good sport, it's really, you know, encouraging, you know, like, yeah. everyone's there trying to help you, and, and you know, like, no matter where, you know, what camp you come from, everyone wants you to see good, you go good, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I just fell in love with that, and then, I yeah, I trained, well, I ended up training um, my first horse when I was about 16, so. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Cool. Hey, what about you? You're from Rockhampton. How did this all start for you? How did you get the bug for the old cutting horses? Well, um, we uh, rode ponies as kids. Um, Dad kind of worked on places up in North Queensland. And, um, yeah, we always had ponies to ride, I guess. And um, Dad, as, as time went by, Mum was a school teacher up there. She was always very education orientated I suppose right and um, yeah as time went by old deal dad follows mum mum got a job in um, in Rockhampton as a school teacher so we ended up in Rockhampton yeah and um, we we kind of yeah grew up around horses and and, and we probably didn't always have a, a lot of horses so we kind of started camp drafting dad's old work horses and camp horses yeah um, as we went through school we um we bought a mare called Reba. She was actually bought with some like inheritance money from great granddad through a sale. Um, Agro Emerald for like I want to say fifteen hundred dollars or something. Yeah, right. And she was she's been a really good mare to our family. Like yeah. we were just kids making open age finals on her and won a bunch of juvenile drafts and she was kind of pretty cool. But we didn't really have a string. Um, Reba's now a brood mare. We've got a, a smooth uh, sort of smooth to start this year. She got a shines like metallic on the ground. 
But um, yeah, like we didn't really have a a big team of camp horses. Um, Mum and Dad always loved the the camp draft industry. They always said that it was pretty cool. We could go somewhere over a weekend, do something as a family. Yeah. And they didn't have to worry about us. Like it was all <laughs> sweet. Like yeah, yeah. If we did get into trouble, someone knew what was going on, and and they had pretty quick dob on us. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we kind of we had Reba, and and she was a really good mare to both myself and my brother Jet. We did had a lot of success on her. And as we kind of got into the juvenile juvenile ranks, we didn't have much to draft, so we kind of become friends with Dan and Kim Kogel. Oh, right. I'll, um, I'll be forever grateful for them. They gave myself a, a bunch of really nice horses to ride. It was kind of each draft you'd go to, Danny and Kim, they'd have a bunch of open mares. they go, which one do you want to ride? So we just change it up. And no way. That's they, awesome. They were, they were really good to us, and yeah, I'll be forever thankful for, for all they did. And, I mean, as yeah, time kind of went by I kind of had an interest to learn more um, I did my first breaker I want to say I would have been 12 or 13 dad's like you know you need to learn to break in so we went to grace me a horse sale yeah um, it was held once a month on a sad day and we were there most weekends if we went to camp draft just watching and looking for something that might slip through the cracks and make a camp horse <laughs> and we bought a mare out of the dog sale um, to break in I think I'd give her 20 rides and and she went back through there, and I think we got what we paid for her. But that was my first breaker. I was probably twelve or thirteen. Awesome. And um, then we bought we bought a bunch of horses. Tony Morton bought Norma Whitley's Rambler Stud. I would have been, I want to say, thirteen or fourteen. Then we bought seven of them. Yeah. They were buying Acrobat horse out of a bunch of Norma's mares. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, there was a couple of half brothers to Lou Dom and Phillips, and they were all out of Norma's mares, and and um, no, they were really good. Like they were broke them in with the help of Regan Lyons and Craig Elright and yeah um, yeah Regan and Craig have become really good friends as time's gone by but they had those I think there were seven of those horses and they were really good like just learn a bunch out of them really and um, as we went by they kind of just got sold along and a lot of them are camp drafting around central Queensland now yeah so yeah we spent a lot of like school holidays just hanging out with Regan and Craig trying to put miles on these horses we bought and yeah and learn a lot off them and then as time went by like we were still drafting and whatnot and, and i kind of wanted to learn more so dad kind of said well you should have a go at this challenge horse deal right so dan baker he lived not far from home i think he might only be a couple of cases the crow flies and had that breeding center there and yeah and we rocked up there one day and he had a three-year-old gelding and um and we wanted to buy him and then about the same time he had 16 or 17 horses to put through Rocky Cordor sale. Right. So I helped Dan prepare those horses for Rocky Cordor sale and as part payment for the gelding. Yeah. That was that was my job. Yeah. And um, we ended up with him. And then Dan also gave me another mare, a Peppy Boontown mare. And we did Clung Curry, Horse of the North, um, Rocky Rush, Monto that year. And that was really cool. Like I kind of, it was good. Like I was in way out of my depth and it was just a cool thing to go and be a part of and just expose yourself, expose yourself to, I suppose. Um, yeah, and I, I learned a lot out of those horses. Um, so, from your first introduction of horses, like that sounds like a good chunk of it. Were you hooked immediately? Like, were you like, this is this is my gig? Well, yeah, I mean, as as time went by, and it's a funny story, like Clung Curry Challenge, it it was the year, I was in year 11, and it collided with the exam block. Um, and mum, being a school teacher, she was obviously always very 
you know, she wanted my, my, my brother and I to get a good education. Um, good mothers do. Like good mothers do. <laughs> and she always pushed, you know, you'll do good at school and you'll study and, yeah. and go to university. And, and I did my very best to watch a lot of cutting horse training online and read a lot of horse deals during class. And um, it was probably Cloncurry Challenge. Like, Cloncurry clashed with exam block. And mum, we're like, mum... We've got to go to Cloncurry. We can't not go to Cloncurry. We've you know, got these horses ready for 12 months. We're going to Cloncurry. Right. So she finally finally settled and she's like, well, that's okay. You can go to Cloncurry and do your exams when you get back. And that was probably the corner. Like, mum, although she pushed hard for us to go to university and whatnot and have a good education, she's always also been of the belief that if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Yeah, I guess school teaching's her deal, and she's been at it for a while and, and loves it. Yeah, and, and I think she could just see that horse training was what I wanted to do. Um, and that, that was that was probably a a bit of a corner, but Definitely. then um, so from there on in, I think it was kind of like, well, um, mum wants me to do good at school, so I'd still better do that. Yeah, but I'm gonna try to get this horse deal into school as much as I can so when it come to year 12 and we had to do work experience I'd line up that I was going to John Brecklemans and oh, right, eh? and um, and do work experience he only lived 4k's from home and I kind of met him because I had a little interest in cutting and I'd, I'd go there for my work experience and I'd write the comments and he'd sign it off and I was a great <laughs> student according to myself and uh, and then it was kind of decided in, in year 12 that I worked out a deal with Long John and, and I'd go to work for him as soon as I finished year 12. Right. And I remember I remember finishing school. We had valedictory. Yeah. Going to the after valedictory party. Waking up pretty sick. <laughs> had to go to work the next day. First day at Long John. School finishes. Work starts. And uh, yeah, that was great working with him. I mean, I think I was there about yeah. 18 months and it was kind of... In a time, I think Ducks Ducks won the Open Horse of the Year that year, and yeah. she was a great mare. And it was just a guy like he kind of took me under his wing. I mean, I'd be forever grateful for what he taught me. Did you ever get a ride on that Ducks Ducks? Yeah, like he'd he'd let me work it a few times, and, and mainly on the flag, and he'd uh he'd do his best to try and make a crawl out from underneath you, and she'd do her best to do that. Like she was such a cool horse, and I mean, I hope it happens, and it may not, but I may. I don't know if I'll ever ride one that good again. Like she was really very, very yeah. cool. Just and probably his breed as a whole. Like she just cared so much about whether it be a cow or a flag or like she just couldn't take her eyes off. It. She just had so much want. Yeah. She was just a an exceptional individual. I mean, she showed that in the show pen too. Yeah. And, but yeah, Long John was really cool. Like he just he took me under his wing, and he was everyone that knew him probably knew that he was kind of pretty grumpy. <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, he was good, and, and he let me work a bunch of horses and taught me how to, you know, ride a breaker, and you'd give them four or five rides in a halter, and you'd put a bridle on them for two or three days till they were comfortable, and yeah. then you'd go back and you'd start them on the flag in a halter half the time, and and he kind of just, his whole deal was was related to just tying that tying that horse into a cow, and, and he, I mean, I think his breed as a whole, like they were cowy horses, I mean, some were obviously way more physically gifted talented than others yeah but as a want like they all wanted to cut to some degree yeah um and that's very important that yeah that was kind of his just his deal like kind of be able to just start to steer them 
and then you kind of just use the flag or the cow or whatever to teach him everything from there um, I mean he used to get me plenty for going too fast and I'll probably still get in trouble for that now and that'll probably always be me that's yeah. the camp draft coming out yeah that's right <laughs> it, it was funny like he'd, he'd quite often you'd go to a camp draft on the weekend I was still camp drafting in those days when I worked for Long John and um, I had Peppy Boone down and had another good Acres mare and, and whatnot. and we'd go camp drafting on the weekends and you'd get back on Monday and Long John would be like he'd tell me before we'd even start he's like I bet I'm going to have to tell you to bloody slow down today <laughs> and that went on for the whole time I worked for him and then I went from there and, and moved on worked for Trent Smith um, how I ended up at Trent's was kind of funny yeah I um, when I was at Long John's Long John come out one day and he's like I've been talking to my accountant and they told me that I've got to give you three weeks off and I've got to pay you so I took the three weeks off and I met Trent at the at, a, at the landmark sale of Long John that year right um, and he won the flag cutting at landmark yeah they look really really cool and, and then Trent come out I think that same year he won the the Futurity and the Derby. He might have been second in the Derby or something too. Right. And I went and worked for, for Trent in my, my school holidays. Yeah. And that was really cool. And, and he had a bunch of Futurity horses. And um, and then like about a month after I, I left Trent's and come back to Long John's, he had a, a horse for me to show. He, he rang and asked if I'd show a horse for him in a snap a bit Futurity. And... Um, and it was a little gathering of Louise Hayslips. I think I won the snap bit for Tudor on him that year. Right. He was a cool horse and went to work for Trent from there. Um, spent a bit over 12 months at Trent's. Yeah. That was really cool. Like, it was just a lot of really, really good, well bred horses. Yeah. Got to ride lots of horses. Yeah. Um, that was really cool. And spent a bit of time there. And then Phil Dawson. That's where you're now with Phil. Yeah, and with Phil now. Um, an opportunity, you know, sort of came up. I could have outside horses at Trent's just an opportunity to grow really yeah I could have outside horses there and and um, yeah Phil's been really good like just, he's been that somebody's kind of taken me under his wing and yeah, I guess starting out like um, the the horse training thing kind of just happens because you're doing it all the time but Phil's been really good in teaching me a lot of the the other you know the other side of the business the, the business side of it really right um, yeah. yeah so it's been really good and lots of good horses to ride there and what yeah. about what about um, has there been many moments? I'm sure there would have been, but because both of you have been around plenty of great trainers, where you're just watching in the arena and you just you're like you're watching whoever work a horse and your jaw drops and you're just like, oh man, I didn't even know a horse could do that. Just tell us about some of those moments that you've seen, both of you. Yeah, I, I feel like when I worked for Long John, he hardly ever rode ducks ducks at home like uh, he obviously trained her as a futurity horse and Clint showed her and then you know showed her a bunch from there and I think he won 200,000 on her or something yeah um, but he had he had hardly ever worked her. like we'd just trot her and trot her and trot her and have her fit and then really? he'd work on the flag a couple of days before we go to a show and then the day before we go to a show he'd work her on cows and he'd always try to work her two-handed in a snaffle and make her wait and come here and come there and go slow here and fast there and and there was hardly a day that he didn't end up kissing her on the ears like she'd about crawl out from underneath him she was such a good horse so he ended up he'd just work on a bridle and one day before a show there was probably less chance of him falling off and <laughs> she'd go out and win like she oh, yeah. was just such a great horse I guess yeah yeah what about for you, me Tom? yeah for me it's probably you know I got you know watching dad work for Polaris you know he was 
you know, a couple of times, you know, I, I didn't really watch him at home a lot because, you know, I was interested in other things at that time, you know. <laughs> so and just for anyone out there, EB Phalaris is your homebred stallion. Yeah, 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 yeah no, he is. And then, you know, that one time that I did actually watch him was at, <laughs> when he won the Open Derby oh, at, right. in 2010. Yeah. You know, and I thought, hey, you know, Dad's coming all right. So, you know. Like, he's you actually know, pretty good at this. Yeah, he's not too bad, you know, but... um. Yeah, and then, you know, he gave me a ride on him when I was, oh, you know, probably when I was around 13, he gave me a ride on him, you know, it was just before a football game. Uh, you know, she said, yeah, you better come up and ride this this horse. He's obviously trying to get me interested in the game. He wanted me to wanted me to get hooked, you know, and I rode him, and, yeah, it was, it was pretty good. You yeah. Know, I was pretty privileged to ride him, and then, yeah, and then, yeah, I went to my footy game, so <laughs> after that, you know, but then, yeah, and then yeah, when I was, that was that. That yeah. was that, yeah. Definitely a memorable moment. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, well, that's that's awesome. So, both of you, again, talk to us a bit about what were your first futurity horses you ever trained? Abe, you go. Well, um, my first futurity horse, it's kind of funny how she came about. I was still working for for Long John at the time, and we, we bought a hotspot mare out of the Rocky Quarter Horse Sale. She was a weanling. Right. I'd seen um, William Tapp put photos of her on Facebook and she was just a flashy looking. Yeah, yeah. She was Bay Baldy man for White Sox. Awesome. Kind of thought, well, she'd probably make a nice landmark horse. Hotspot was kind of new to the country. Yeah. And, um, obviously being, you know, full brother to Spots Hot. Yeah, America. like we were kind of just keen to try one out and see what they were, I guess. And, um, and we bought her as a weanling and grew up there at home. And I was working for Long John when I started her and I was still green, didn't have a lot of idea. Broke her in. Um, she probably had a month's riding. I started on the flag, and um, I'd been telling Long John how this mare was going. And he's like, "What? You've ridden her a month, and you've got a bridle on her?" And uh, I was like, "Yeah, you know, cutting horses have to go in a bridle, right?" And um, anyway, like right from the start, I guess most people probably start a bunch, and as they go along, work out which ones are going to be good and which ones aren't, and and. Um, yeah, we had that mare and I started her and I was kind of like, well, she's bred to be a cutting horse and I'm going to train a cutting horse. Right. So I, I trained her and and um, showed it to Futurity and then went sold her on at Landmark. Yeah, yeah. Did you only sell her last year? Yeah, yeah. She, she sold last year, I think, 24000 or something. Awesome. She, she ended up down south and come back this year to the to the Drafting Challenge. It was cool to see her back. It was cool to see someone else ride her and yeah. have success on one that's, that's your deal, I suppose. So was that sort of like your, you know, way of entering the cutting game? Like, was that your sort of first horse really that you'd shown a lot on? Well, I, I'd shown when I first went to work for Long John. He um, he said there's going to be no no dodgy non-pro deals here. He said you're gonna, you, you may as well just go pro right from the start. He said if you want any opportunity, you're gonna have to be a pro here. So he let me show um, he let me show some of his in the snapping opportunities up up in Central Queensland, I think. Um, so I won the snap a bit for Tudy. It might have been second on Sophie Duck the year oh, before yeah. she went to Landmark yep. at, at Middlemount. Yep. Um, and then he had another man, Duck Duel, that also sold at Landmark. I think I won Middlemount and Nebo on her the same year. Right. So I, had, I got to show them a little bit. And then, yeah, there was that CD's Cool Breeze that I won the, the snap a bit for Tudy on. Yeah. Um, and then I showed I showed um, Sweet Lady, the, the, the hot spot mare, yep. the following year. Right awesome so that's sort of that's 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 yeah how i got started in cutting i suppose yeah yeah and tyler what about you what was your first sort of horse you trained out or futurity horse 
yeah, my first maturity horse was um, spinning in the grass, and uh, yeah, I trained her in seven months to go to the non-profiturity, and yeah, she was just one of those horses that was, you know, very natural, and you know, she taught me more than what I taught her. Right. You know, like she was just, just she loved her job, you know, and you know, she was by, you know, she was another, you know, she's special in another way because she was by, you know, she's one of the first ones by our stallion, Evie's Valeris. So, and then, you know, she's out of one of Cole Jagger's mares, spinning spitting image, and my brother actually showed her a bit and filed her. The way she was bred, you know, she was, she meant a lot to our family, you know. And, and yeah, you know, and she's... She she still shows today, like I saw you this week showing her. Yeah, well, she's definitely my best horse I've got, you know. She, she, oh, you know, I wish I had her again, because, you know, you know, having seven months before the charity, she... She was very natural, but, you know, I wish I would have had a little bit more on her. It sort of come against me in my derby and my classic years, you know. But now I'm sort of, after being from, you know, in the States, you know, I've sort of figured out ways to try to, you know, try to, you know, fix that. And, yeah, yeah anyway, yeah, she's just a she's just a really honest mare and she shows really well. She gives 100% every time. So, guys, what about some of your mentors that you've had throughout the industry? I know we've mentioned a few of them already, eh, but just... You know, talk to talk to us a little bit about what that meant to you. Yeah, well, I mean, I've been I've been lucky. Like I've always been surrounded by good people. Yeah. Um, I mean, growing up, obviously, you know, Regan Lyons and Craig Gilrot had had a lot to do with them through the through you know those young horses and um, and then that challenge horse deal like, had a bit to do with Cameron Parker. He didn't live far from home, so we hung out with him. Really lucky there in Rocky. Like there was a yeah a lot of good people close by. Um, you know, Cameron was obviously very good and, um, and then went to work for Long John um, Trent Smith Phil Dawson but I think it doesn't really like it doesn't really matter who you are or where you're from people I probably annoy people because I just you got to ask people questions all the time they probably get sick of me asking why'd you do that or why'd you do this or what was that about or what's this horse right. um, but yeah I think I think that'd probably be a, a bit of advice to to anyone like don't be afraid to ask questions it doesn't matter where you go in the world like when we were in the states in the last year all those guys are more than happy to ask a question to answer a question if you ask right they probably they probably um they probably those guys probably almost crave normality some guy from australia just nice. keen to learn keen to ask a question yeah have you found it difficult like obviously you works for some fantastic trainers and they all have they're all going to have a different style obviously have you found it sometimes a bit difficult to create your style and adapt? Well, I, I, I think like, yeah, for sure, everyone has got a different style and, and you can sit and watch all those good guys and their styles are all different and they've all got something to add to their horses that, that set them, you know, they're different to someone else's. Right. Um, but I think that the core to it all, um, it's probably something Long John spoke about a lot and was kind of the basis of his program. Like it was kind of no nothing fancy like he just worked his cow really well horses stopped good and they were happy yeah um and i think when things go bad now um when i'm struggling with a horse it's probably because i've made it too complicated and i probably just need to go back to that yeah and that kind of as long as they stop they're connected to a cow that's all you need you can and if you can build that then you can chip away at those little things and and I feel like I, I do it and I'm, I'm bad for it and a lot of young guys do too 
they probably get too picky on the little things and just need to concentrate on those on the on the core of what it, of what's training a horse the foundation yeah for, for training a horse to be a cow horse really yeah definitely so Tyler obviously you've lived and breathed and worked for your old man for a couple of years and and he's been a great mentor for yourself just talk to us a little bit about how he's influenced you in the cutting horse program yeah no he's obviously been a massive part of the way i train you know but you know the good thing about him he's always you know he's always changing himself you know and he always adapts to the to the you know the level that everyone else is at. Yeah, well, you have to, you know. I believe, and he's always taught me that, you know. And he's never tried to make me replicate what he's the way he's training. He's always said, you know, you can take what I some of the things I can do, you know. But he said you need to find your own way, you know, because you can't be someone else. You got to be, you know, your own person. Yeah, you know, your that's exactly person. right. You know, definitely. And so, what about? Just recently, you for the last six months, you've been over in the states. Yep. Working for Ronnie Rice. Yep. 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 Talk to us a little bit about that, and how how is it different from here over to there? Yeah, Ronnie, he's a very you know he's a very good hand. He's he's won the futurity over there three times, you know, and he told me you know out of the forty years he's went to the futurity, it's only been four years that he hasn't made the final. So he's a futurity horse specialist, you know, like, and that's a pretty you know that's. Unbelievable! Yeah, I didn't know how that. he's done that. That's you know, awesome. but yeah, no, he's a great fella to learn off. You know, really good fella. He wants you to. He wants to see you do good. You know, he wants to wants to see you learn. You know, and all that. You know, but um, yeah, he's. I think he's around. He's around sixty-seven at the moment. You know, and he's still very competitive over there. You know, like he does a great job. And a lot of people. There's so many people over there that respect him. You know, and I truly. I've learnt absolute heaps off him. Right. You know, just my my dad even said, you know, when he when he come back and he seen me work a horse, he said, you just your timing's better. You know, you're a lot smoother. You know, and and the horses are going better for you. Yeah. You know, so I I really reckon it's it's if you can get over there, it's it's worth it. You know. Yeah. That whole Rice family, uh, they're you know a massive influence in the states over in the cutting industry especially but they dabble in other things as well yeah like what's it what was it like to be around those sort of fellas oh yeah, it, was, it was unbelievable you know like it's a dream come true yeah you know like I got, I got to work with tag a lot and you know i met taryn and 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 tatum too you know and and they you know they're all so different but yet they're all so successful yeah and then Boyd, you know he's different again you know and and he's obviously the father of Taryn and Tatum, yeah, and Ronnie's nephew. Uh, Boyd's not Ronnie's nephew. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they've all they all got a lot of respect for each other. They're all on each other's help team. Yeah. You know, and and you know Boyd obviously he he does pretty good at you know other areas over there. He, he goes to the you know the snap yeah stuff. cow horse snaffle bit, and then the you know he done the world's greatest horse. Yeah, you're right. Over there yeah. the other day, and he was you know he was smoking it. Yeah, just you know it's just. They make awesome people be around. Absolutely, and you learn heaps off them, you know. And you don't, you don't even have to go and work. Like I didn't even, I didn't go, you know, work for Taryn or Tatum or, or Boyd or any of them while I was over there. But I just watched them in the practice van, and you know, yeah. you can take a lot of, lot of things by just watching them. Yeah. You know the way they do everything, and you know, before I went over there, you know, I was sort of half a bit, you know, 
bit sick of it over here, you know, I was just a bit, you know, I've done done the grind over here, and, and, you, and you go over there and you just get freshened up. Yeah. You know, it really, it really excites you, and you're like, you want to get home and put all, everything you've learnt on, you know, the horses over there, you know, the horses back here. Yeah. You know, and I was, I was really, really lucky to ride a lot of good horses over there. Right. You know, like I rode, I think in my string there was three hottishes, yeah. so that's not bad, you know. <laughs> like, and they were just really good horses, and and yeah, and and I got to ride, you know, Ronnie's horses that he showed in the futurity too, and that's another, you know, another good thing about Ronnie is he he's not worried about, you know, you, he just lets you ride him. Yeah. And he, he says to you, he said to me because one day I rode, you know, all these all these horses that, you know, all these open horses, you know, yeah. that have won you know, heaps of money over there and. And that, and, he, and I, I was pretty shocked when he said, you know, you better ride this horse. And I, and I was, you know, rider, you know. And he said, you just need to need to know what a good horse feels like. Yeah. You know, and that's probably the big thing over there. You know, you get to ride a lot of good horses. Mm. And then, you know, it, it helps you over here. Oh, that's awesome that he gave you that opportunity to do that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I was extremely privileged. So guys, what about, let's talk a little bit about the showmanship sides of cutting because that's such a huge aspect of the cutting industry is how you get a horse shown. It's one thing to train it, but to show it is a completely different thing. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's talk about that. I, I feel like, um, well, like from my experiences, you can kind of, you do the training part of it and you think it's all, you know, you're doing pretty good and um, it's not until you go on your show for the first time and put your hand down. Yeah. When it goes bad, it goes bad, um, and I've got like a, a huge respect for this. There's so many of these good guys both here and in the states that they can ride through bad, and they've got their horses trained to where they recover well. Yeah, I mean, and then and you see, you see people too that when things go bad, it's obvious it's gone bad, and the whole run's just it's done. Yeah. Whereas they can they can have a miss or or something can, bad can happen, recover well, carry on, get through the go round marked a good score in the first go round we make the finals um yes i mean there's a lot in that and it's it's until you don't you don't understand how hard that is until you go and put your hand down yeah obviously you need to go and show yeah to you know to to find that out you know like you see a lot of people over here that you know they you know there's a lot of good hands that can can cover up cover up mistakes and different stuff like that and that's a very important aspect of cutting yeah it's the the picture you paint for your judge i suppose that's that's showmanship yeah um and i mean and too like it's it's nothing to be afraid of either i mean everyone's anyone that is any good's been there everyone makes and, mistakes and run a mark mm. and, and rode through it or, or not rode through it ha had to walk out um would you say that sort of side of things could relate to a lot of different cow horse or non-related cow horse sports you know yeah I think yeah yeah for sure like and i mean and even the best of them they like they'll still muck up and they've got to walk out yeah, yeah. it's a wreck like that's that's the sport and that's the challenge of it if it was easy everyone would be doing it but the, you know the key is you know especially in go rounds and going to aged events is you know you might have a few little things go wrong in your run in the first go round and you got to try to, you know, show through that and, and just try to keep keep everything positive. 
yeah. to where that you can, you know, you can just pet, you know, get through that run. You might get, you know, you might only get seventies or seventy ones, you know, but it still keeps you in there for the next go round because you know there's two go rounds, so yeah, it doesn't matter how how you, you know you might you know not go as well in the first go round, but then you go in the next days. It's always a new, new day. day, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you know everything ha- comes off. You know, you get a bit of mo- bit more luck the next yeah. day, and then you're in the final but if you go back to the first day and when you had the mistakes and you you know when you you throw the towel in i guess then you're out of the cutting yeah straight from there you know i think that's very it's very important and there's a lot of people that do that well in australia that will hide mistakes and just you know get through it yeah oh it's such a just a massive thing to be able to do yeah but no i think but at the same time it's it's yeah it's nothing to be afraid of everyone starts at the start yeah everyone's been there like I guess if you show up the cutting and, and do run a muck, it's okay. Everyone yeah. everyone does it and has done it and will do it again. And if you think you won't, well, you got no you're dream. Dreaming. Yeah, you're dreaming. Just show up next weekend. Well, on on that, in the cutting industry as a whole, how can you guys see it progressing? Obviously, it's pretty strong in the moment in Australia, and everyone's getting involved. But what do you guys think is something that needs to lift it and boost it? Well. I mean, I think, you know, cutting's obviously a, a great sport and a lot of fun, and as is camp drafting and the challenge deal, and, and the, I guess the attraction to all of them are, they're kind of difficult, yeah. no matter which one you do, there's a there's an element of, you know, you've got to work hard to be good at them, Yeah. Um, which which makes people strive to, to work hard and be better, but I think across the board, like just the, going forward, the, the genetics are that are coming into our country are huge and then even our own genetics here like they're just bringing good ones to good ones yeah and people going to the states and learning and coming back and with all these new ideas and then everyone sees that and they go well I like that you know I wouldn't mind having that in my horses you know I think that that's one big you know big reason that to go forward you know like well definitely because the states is just like obviously it's their heritage and culture and whatever but you know it's their style that like they've just been doing it for so much longer and we, we don't yeah. always get that exposure here no and then when we see it down back here it's something we can do to yeah rise our I mean, game. absolutely and just on the genetics thing i mean that probably you know being the heritage there have many years ahead of us like cutting's only been a deal in australia forever long like they've been doing it in america forever because it's their heritage yeah so therefore for i feel like we've got all these great sides coming in but our there's a lot of great mare power here too. Yeah. But it's still it's still progressing. Um, and I think I think that's exciting, like just these new studs coming in, the hoshes, yep. and there's a bunch of great metallic cat studs. It'll be cool to see yep. which one's a size and there's just all these, you know, new genetics coming through. And once they, they get into our, our, our mare lines, um, I mean great studs are always gonna be accessible whether it be in Australia or America. That's right. And, um, and two, like I think just our, our own industry there's there's a lot to offer here yeah there's a lot of great stallions that people are breeding to i mean you sit here and watch you know there's the phalaris's time's up you know they did really well at landmark yeah there's there's a bunch like they've been really popular haven't they yeah like huh? there's there's a lot of a lot of studs here right on our doorstep that and i'll tell you like it's a it's really it's a really good thing that you know if people are coming into the industry and if they want to have you know three-year-olds it's good fun having a three-year-old you know i reckon you go to all these pre-works you know and 
they just get better and better and you know everyone's talking about you know everyone else's three-year-olds you know like for the futurity you know oh, so-and-so's got a really good horse you know and you know and it's just really good fun yeah about you know people talking about you know who's got the next next maturity champion possibly yeah yeah you know yeah. and that's that's a big part of part of cutting you know like you know, you know, it's. I know the results are at the maturities, but you know, the beforehand, the just up. yeah, the lead ups, just awesome. as fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, like I really enjoy. I really love training. You know, horses for the maturity. That's my, my, you know, my dream. I right. think. I think a big part of, of both. You know, the horse industry as a whole, both sports, whether it be the cutting or the camp draft, going forward is just, um, whether whether we you know whether we mean to or not. We're both riding each other's genetics, and we both help each other out in whatever which way. Um, there's a lot of a lot of great camp horses going around now that have come from the cutting. Yeah. Um, and then we've seen a few of the camp horse yeah, lines I mean, we've that seen, are in the cutting. We've around. seen con mans in the yeah in the fertility like look at Brex Todd Graham Brex, yeah. Brex Duck yeah that yeah. Look that at um Todd Graham the, last year metallic cult yes um spinner cat yeah, yeah. Evan spinner cat he made was, the final and I think he led the aggregate at the futurity yeah he was a me- cool was metallic that? cat yeah. out of a con man man like yeah just um, top the sale there two years ago I think didn't he yeah he was but yeah I think he did actually yeah um yeah so I mean I think. As, as time goes by, there's certainly, you know, cutters that are going camp drafting and there's camp drafters coming cutting. You look at the Hewitts, they've come this week and the first horse. Yeah. There's there's a prime example there. Well, that was another thing I was going to ask you both about. What would be your advice to say, you know, you guys are obviously heavily involved in the cutting now, but, you know, I'm Abe, you were pretty, pretty um, you know, strong in the camp drafting industry at one point and Tyler, no doubt you've sort of dabbled a little bit in it. What would be your advice to those guys thinking that they should, you know, they might want to jump into the cutting pen every now and then? Well, I, I think like if you, if yeah, for a camp draft to come in cutting, it's um, in an ideal world you'd go and have a, a trained horse to go and show and, and learn to show, um, find yourself a trainer that'll, you know, you get to know and trust. Yeah. It'll help you along the way, but then also like that the snaffle bit for Chewy, I think, is a, a great program. Yeah, um, a great great foot in the door to the yeah. cutting industry. You can, you know, it's good to, good to get a three year old going and and go and show there. Um, Definitely. And I, I I think you know, for camp drafters coming into the industry, I think that you know if they you know they go and learn off all our you know our cutting our great cutting trainers and all that, I think it'll help them better their game in the camp drafting too. You know. Yeah, for sure. Like it, it. it goes it goes both ways, I believe. Absolutely. Oh well, it's just. You know, it again. It's going to bring a new element to it, the camp draft game. You know, it's it, it'll bring. You know, maybe they might get a tighter, you know, sharper yard because their horses yeah. are tuned up for that. And end of the day, we're all striving for the same things. Yeah, that's right. We all want good types of cowie horse. Hit it on the head. Hit it on the head, babe. All right, guys. Another one I want to hit on was obviously you're both pretty young and you're getting into the game. The horse industry is a difficult game at the best of times, and especially in the sort of cutting and camp draft world. You guys are striving to be trainers, and you're only young. What are some of the barriers you guys have faced? Yeah, well, I mean, my advice to to young guys, you know, that are the or young people that are, are wanting to be trainers, um, there's no sugar coating it. It's a long, hard road, but you just got to believe. Um, if you if you set your mind to it and show up every day 
and hang around good people. That's another thing too. I think you just got to surround yourself by good people and yeah. be good to people. And people will be good to you. Yeah. You'll you'll get there. Just and don't rush. I'm um I'm told most days Phil's always up there. Don't rush. It'll it'll happen. Let it happen. Don't make it. Yeah. But then at the same time too, you kind of got to make it happen. Like just keep 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 going. hustling. Keep showing up. Yeah. And yeah, there's it. It is a long hard road. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler, what about you? Yeah, no, you know, it's it's not the easiest of, uh, you know, things to deal with. But, yeah, you just, like what Abe was saying, you know, it's you just got to believe that it will happen you and and put the work in and, uh, you know, it will it will happen for you one day, you know. Like, you just got to you just got to think to yourself, you know, like, obviously you're competing against a lot of experience and some of the best trainers in Australia, but, you know, you got to believe that, you can you can you can you can beat them you know like yeah i think yeah i think experience trumps talent yeah um and then there's a little saying that that i like is that it, and it says that there may be more uh maybe people with more talent than you but there's no excuse for anyone to work harder than you mm. if if you really want it you work hard you work it. hard yeah. you make it happen and that yeah. seems to be i mean out of all the podcasts we do every time that just seems to be the bottom line is, you know, there's no hiding it, there's no sugarcoating it, uh, hard work will get you there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And obviously a bit of luck at the same and, time. And oh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's and it's just really important to have good mentors and yep. surround yourself by, you know, with good people and, and and don't be afraid to ask questions really. like. And always, always be open to learning. You know, no matter, no matter who you are, how much you've won, everyone, all them good fellas are always open to learn something. They're always watching, you know, and they always think, yeah, well, I like that. I wouldn't mind having a bit of that in my horses, you know. Like, it doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. You know, you just got to be open to learning. Yeah. And if I think if you are like that, you know, it will It'll eventually, you know, it'll happen for you. The, yeah. I think that they all say the, the day you think you've got it all figured out is probably the day you'll start going backwards. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a... Um, it's a game that's very hard to ever figure out fully, and I think that's what keeps you coming back. Absolutely, right? yeah. yeah, absolutely. Like that competitive side of it, it's just, it just gives you an adrenaline rush, you know. Like, and you know, the the whole lead up to the, you know, if you know, you get in the final and everything, and the whole lead up to that is just, it's just, you know, oh, I might, I might, you know, be able to win this, you know, like, oh, oh, yeah, it's a good chance I can win this, you know, and that just, it just, it's just a great feeling. And I think, I think too, like. Um, we we're in the st- uh, in the states at the end of last year, yeah. And those those good guys, like they're all over there. They're all super talented, really great horse trainers. It, it kind of just comes down to who's got the horsepower, who can get in a good mental space, and who who believes really. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. So and a lot of luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, I think another thing, you know, that you got to back yourself. You know, you got to say that you know I do I do a good job. You know, and I've I've got the uh, potential to, you know, to, to beat all them fellas that, are, you know, have done it for years and years and years, you know. If you don't say that to yourself, I think, you know... Just never, to, it's never going to happen. No, like, you know, you got to... You gotta, and, like, a big thing over there in the States that they, they do, you know, like, they might go to the practice pen and, you know, they might not have the best works, but, you know, they get something done and even it could be a little a little as, you know... Just a little adjustment. A little but adjustment. And, but then, you know... They just they leave it at that. They think, well, I've trained this horse, you know, it's been a good horse, you know, 
and yeah, you know. they're so smart like they they just sit and you know you can sit over there and watch the practice pens and they've got three pens going that's all they just they trust they they're trust training. their training and they go in there and I sat and I watched Lloyd Cox and um, and Austin Shep and a few of those guys are darn yeah and they'll walk in and and the practice pens are never a perfect situation and I think there's heaps of people that try to to win the Futuri in the practice pen but though, those good guys they just go in there back to what Long John always spoke about make their horse stop look for a cow and they walk out they'll go and work the flag and now I think they never go they never go to the show pen on the back of a bad experience yeah no like cool. they, they, they never go to the practice pen trying to win the futurity and achieve a field that's just not achievable within that situation yeah yeah that's that's awesome so what about for you guys now we're, at, we're still at early on in the year what's your sort of goals this year where, where, where are you guys headed my goal is to you know train the horse the best I can and you know and and as simple as you know it'll either happen if it's going to happen yeah you know but I just my my greatest goal is just to train a good horse yeah yeah Every, that one that everyone will go well you know that's a very good horse mm. Mm. yeah I like I've got a, a fatuity mare this year for a client and she's a nice horse um, and some nice two year olds and I think my my goal is now and should always be I, I want to train a product that's good in the cutting pen and, and then something that'll go and draft later on yeah um, and then my horses of my own just try and, and buy a type that will go both ways as well I think that that landmark market the, the nutrient market so to speak is yeah yeah is huge and, we, and we'd be mad not to not to look after that and, and try and dabble into both yeah. um, and I, I mean I guess growing up in camp drafting too like I just Still. I almost miss they were the people I grew up with I, I can't wait for the day that I can go to camp drafts again and yeah yeah they're kind of it's all accessible again yeah I mean at the moment when it rains again yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving what I'm doing but yeah I look forward to the day that I'll probably go back to the north and yeah and go to a camp draft and hang out with the people I grew up with like I, I love that industry and yeah I think it's important that I look after both awesome that's awesome well guys it's been an awesome week at Toowoomba it's been great time catching up with both of you this week and um, you know it's just been awesome watching you compete and so you do so well and I look ex- I'm excited to, we're heading to Armadale show next I think that's the next cutting show coming up so I'm, I dare say both of you will be there so um, yeah just again guys thanks for joining us on the 90 or nothing podcast and yeah it was awesome thanks uh, thanks, thanks for having us Paxton I really appreciate what you're trying to do for the industries thanks Paxton on to the next one no worries righto boys we'll see you later Well, guys, thanks for listening into our podcast with Tyler Hodgman and Abe Graham. Big shout out to you, fellas. Thank you very much for coming on the show and good luck with the rest of the year. We can't wait to catch up with you guys again and we really hope you guys have a successful year and a bit of luck in the show pen. I really enjoyed catching up with those two fellas. It was fantastic to watch them throughout the week compete and they really are dedicated and so passionate to the sport of cutting. And they're such great ambassadors for the sport. I feel like just being young guys and just getting into this industry, it's difficult and tough, but they're doing a a great job and I can't wait to see what they do in the near future. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening into this episode of the 90 or Nothing podcast show. Make sure you jump on our Facebook page, like, comment, and share this episode around. That would be greatly appreciated, guys. 
Next week, we're heading off to the Baraba Camp Draft Show, so we'll be sure to catch up with some of the local identities there and can't wait to bring you guys another episode. All right, guys, till next week, we'll see you then.